Hey guys, January 5th, 2015. Happy New Year. Um, first podcast of the new year, and this one has been on my mind for several days. And I said, once I get a chance to really sit down and get some thoughts down, I was going to do it. And the, I didn't get a lot of stuff written down, so I'm kind of going to go just kind of off the top. But um, I thought about how you may be sabotaging your professional success. And I've seen lots of people do it. I've had lots of coworkers do it. I have lots of friends, family that do it. And it's not something that you learn in school. It's not something that, you know, sometimes our parents don't know. You know, many of us um, grew up with parents who had lifetime jobs. My dad has been at his job for 35 years. He got his job the week I was born. And so like my birthday week or my birthday week, is always his year anniversary. And so my dad's a locomotive engineer. He drives trains and he's been doing that for 35 years. So um, my mom has kind of, I think she's had two different things that she's done. And so medical billing and I think property management. So just two things. And so I can't even tell you how many jobs and careers I've had. And I've kind of just like walked myself through most of this on my own. And that's why I really love doing these podcasts because I mean, I learned by trial um, and so anything that I can do to help other people not have to go through what I did is really why I do this. And I would always say like, if I can just figure this out, I'll share it. Um, and that's why I'm always sharing what I can with you. Um, because I felt like somebody should have done that for me. And so it's like, always be, I'm always trying to be what I wish I had. Um, number one, people who are saying it's not my job. Every time I hear somebody say that it's not their job, if somebody asks you, you know, you got your job description, you are the cashier, let's just say, and there's, it's really crazy. It's during Christmas. And let's just say they need somebody to help stock shelves. You know, they're not going to be able to open on time or just going to be chaos. And you're like, that's not what I was hired for. I do not stock shelves. And I'm just like, you know, if you want to succeed, so if you really have no desire to go anywhere, then that you probably aren't even listening to my podcast. But if you have a desire to go beyond where you are and to have, you know, financial freedom and the kind of success that you would be proud of, you have to think about your attitude. You know, your attitude is always going to be your latitude and it's just how you approach things. And I tell people this all the time about my assistant, um, I can ask her to do just about anything. And I always crack up that she always has a sunny disposition about it. I mean, I could ask her to do the simplest thing, the most boring thing, the most tedious thing. And she's always kind of like, I'd love to do that. Whether or not she would really love to do it or not, it always just makes me feel glad that she's not giving me grief about doing something because, you know, sometimes things come up. And yeah, I may have hired you to do this, but today, you know, I really need you to help me. Like, you know, I've had her, I mean, she's my assistant, so she does a bunch of stuff, but I've had her, you know, come after hours, bring me food. I've been starving. And it's just like, that's just par for the course. And she could be looking at her watch and it is not my time and I don't have to do this, but you have to do it until it becomes your job. And what does that mean? I want you to when you become the boss or you're an entrepreneur, every job is yours. And if you're not tuned into every single job and knowing how everything functions and operates, then you won't be able to get ahead because 
you will be able to be played by some other employees because you don't know how to do this or you have no experience with that. And so I always say a lot of the things um, that I hire for, I'm basically buying my time back. So it's like if someone's working for me, it's not because I can't do it. Now, mind you, there are some things I can't do. Um, but meaning, I wouldn't even say that I can't, but that, you know, are not my area of expertise. But for a lot of the like basic things, I pretty much know what I'm looking for. I know what I want. And I know how long it takes to do it. So I don't, I'm not going to hire somebody that takes eight hours to do something that I know um, takes one. So do all of that and manage your attitude and don't, you know, set some boundaries. Like you don't want to be fully taken advantage of, but I mean, do it until it just absolutely becomes physically uncomfortable. Just go for it, do it. And then watch how things shift and change. And then watch someone come in and say, you know what, Michelle, I'm just making up a name. You know, Michelle, since you've been doing this and you've been doing that, you know, how would you like to manage this? Or we have a new office opening up. How would you like to take over this? You see what I'm saying? Like people notice when you're willing to do more, you know, than your job. They are. And then it will become your job, your promotion to manage all of the stuff that you decided to chip in and find out about. Okay. Number two is being obsessed with titles. You know, I don't know how many times people are like, I don't want to be an assistant. I do not want to be, a, you know, what you believe to be low. And the truth is that, I mean, I started off as an assistant. I have assisted a celebrity before. And that is the richest place to learn. You know, I could sit there and, you know, I have learned everything that I know by working for successful people. That was my strategy. Not really, I wasn't really sure of exactly what I wanted to do. And I'm sure that I still have more things that I will accomplish. But I said, you know what, how can I get as close as possible to these successful people. And guess what? You learn the most by being with somebody every day. So you don't need to be, if you're the VP of something, you're not working for the top person every day. And if you're listening to my podcast, my guess is that you are either kind of at the beginning of your career or you're interested in shifting careers. And so that's why I don't think you need to care about like what your title is. Like it's all just BS. Okay. Like technically I'm the CEO and founder, um, of Curlbox, but I'm also the intern, you know, I'm also the janitor. If something needs to be done, I'm also, you know, I do every job. And if I have to do customer service, if I have to do something, I have to know about all these things. So yeah, I get the grand title, but I also um, get all of the most work. So don't be afraid or ashamed of titles. Don't even trip about that. Um, number three, doing exactly what is asked of you. Like you could be sabotaging by, you know, completing tasks, turning it in. Here you go. I mean, it's nice and it's right, but you didn't take it a step further. You didn't show me some opportunities or some areas to grow. You know what I mean? Like, hey, my leak, I completed the assignment, but also notice that you needed something for this and this and that, or, you know, I was thinking about for the next time, why don't we do this? You know, bringing something to the table. I always say there's no traffic on the extra mile. If you want to push ahead, always think about one or two extra things you can add to an assignment that you can go above and beyond. I'm talking about as simple as, you know, instead of writing it out, type it out, you know, instead of putting it in a yellow folder, put it in a nice folder, you know, go above and beyond because everybody notices those things and it's just all about attention to detail and that is what's going to set you apart from your competition if you're going to be an entrepreneur it's like you know 
I have gone the extra mile for so long that it's just, it's a, it's nothing to me. It's a habit. It's what I do. So it's like, if you, when somebody's trying to keep up with me, I'm like, you're going to have to struggle. It's going to take you a little bit longer because you're so used to just doing what someone asks you. You're just so used to doing this little square part that you need to know how to stretch yourself past that. And so I mean, it's so comfortable. It's so comfortable for me now. So it's like where you're used to for your workout running one lap, I run 20 laps every workout. So by the time you get up to trying to get to 20 laps, I don't already moved on. You see what I'm saying? So do more. Number four, not focusing on relationships, going straight to work, sitting at your desk, focusing, putting your headphones on. I don't know, depending on where you work. I cannot stand people wearing headphones at work. Even before I had my own company, I get it. Like people want to listen to music, but it's just this message that it sends. And we're going to talk about, you know, nonverbal communication, but like having your headphones in means that you can't hear what's going on around you. So how are you going to hear your boss giving out fantastic advice if you got your headphones in? How are you going to overhear some of the things that are going to keep you ahead of the game if you got your headphones in? You're not. So, I mean, I know you want to listen to, you know, whatever, you want to listen to this podcast. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast at work, then I don't mind that. But, you know, you want to listen to your music or you want to listen to something, turn it down low or something if you can. But just I don't like seeing young women that look like me with their headphones on at work. Um, if you don't like it, send me a tweet. Tell me why. Tell me why I need to get over it. And I'm, I'm always open to learn. But I don't really like that. Um, and I think I got a little bit off point. But focusing on relationships means like, you know, when you see somebody that's really important to the company, if you don't have your headphones on, you can stop and you can speak and you can talk to them because what's going to happen as you attempt to advance is that people need to know who you are. Um, when you're starting off in your career, you're just a number, like you're just a, you're just like a blob, you know, people are not going to start to notice you until you start doing really fantastic work. It's really hard to be new and do fantastic work because, the opportunities may not be there, but, you know, take some time and really get to know people. Like, you know, I, even as an assistant, I did not hesitate to go and introduce myself to the founding partners of my company because what do I need to be afraid of? Like I said, hello, I introduced myself and where I would be working because, um, there were so many people who worked for this company that had never even had conversations with the founding partners. And over time, I ended up becoming um, a teacher's aide for one of the founders who teaches a class at USC, University of Southern California. So I have, I think I have two or three semesters of um, PR, you know, I think undergrad and two graduate level courses that I TA'd at USC. So, I mean, don't you think I learned a ton? And I got paid to do that on top of my job. He paid me separately for that. So that's all because I introduced myself. And, you know, if I saw some of the other publicists that were that I admired or I knew were really great, I would ask them, like, even if they were zipping around or if I caught them in the coffee, you know, grabbing coffee, I would say, OK, I'm not going to wear you down. If you could offer me one tip, you know, one tip, one bit of advice, because don't become the person that wears down busy people. OK, I know that you want to ask a lot of questions and it's just you're better served if you don't do that. So. I would ask some of the really popular and successful people in my office, if you could give me one tip of advice at 26 years old, what would it be? And they would always rattle off a gym. And because I was so conscious about their time, they'd take more time. See what I'm saying? So they tell me one and I go, thank you. And they go, and you know what else? And you know what else? And boom, you know, I did it. So 
focus on your relationships. And the other thing that I want you to focus on when you're thinking about your relationships is instead of trying to, I'm sure I've said this a ton of times, instead of trying to get to know, you know, the managing partners or whatever, notice I said, I introduced myself. I did not try to like, let's go to coffee. Let's go to lunch with them. The people that you want to go to coffee and lunch with are the people that are on your level right now. Other assistants, other associates, other managers. You want to really develop a relationship with the people on your level because they are going, you guys are going to all rise together. So people will phase out and move on, you know, and they will become, you know, sit on boards, you know, whatever you do when you get old and you retire. So, excuse me, everybody comes up together. All of my friends that started off as, as assistants are now like rocking and rolling at their companies or being entrepreneurs. And so that's where you really want to focus um, on relationships. Number five, which I should make number one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, is being a little late. I cannot tell you how much I cannot stand it when people are late. Um, being late is the biggest nonverbal communication that you say about yourself. It's just like if you came to work in the office dressed inappropriately or something like a nonverbal cue that like not being on time says so much about you. You know, it says that you are not really, it, it, it communicates this. This may not be true, but let me tell you what it's communicating. It's communicating that you aren't prepared and that you don't have as much interest in being prepared because we all know that in order for you to do anything um, that you plan to win at, you're, you should come a little bit early. So, you know, if you're going to run a race, you don't run, you don't show up for the race as soon as it's starting. You come, you stretch, you do, you know, you warm up. You need to do the same thing for your jobs. I don't care what you're doing. You need to come in. I always say 15 minutes early. And I always tell people, if you want more money, so people are like, I'm broke. I wish I had more money. I'm like, besides talking about it, what are you doing about it? And if you commit to doing, to coming into your job 15 minutes every single day, I can assure you that your, you will make more money. Okay. I can assure you that because it's not just about what you will accomplish. You will be prepared. You will be organized. You will get a chance to overlook the agenda. You will be able to get ahead of your competition. That's exactly what I did. I have no problem showing up 30 minutes early every day for work to stunt on all the, in all the competition in the office. Okay. It's nothing to do that. So I don't really, you know, the extra sleep, I'll get it on vacation in several years, but right now while I'm grinding, I'm coming in early. And so it's like, you look, when you show up early, you look poised, you look polished, but you communicated so much. And just so you know, being a little late, it's like what everybody does, right? It's like, we've heard it all before. Like everybody does that. And so it's the way that you set yourself apart by always being a little early. People notice that every person that knows me typically always comments about my obsession with time. And for me, it's, it's the ultimate, it's the highest level of respect for me. Um, it's not to say that I've never been late before things happen and I always communicate well in advance if I'm going to be late, but, um, it is just, to me, it's the, it's a show of respect for someone's time. I value time. I value my time and the ultimate show of respect for someone else is to, to show them that I value their time. You know, I don't take any of this stuff for granted. I don't deserve any of, I don't deserve anything. I never 
get to a point where I feel like, oh, I don't have to do this anymore. It's like, I'm always, I'm always grinding and being respectful, um, of people's time of people's, you know, what they've achieved and accomplished like I did when I was in college. Okay. Like I still treat it like that. And I think it's why, um, I'm able to get a lot of cool things, work with a lot of awesome brands. I mean, I've worked with over 200 brands. I'm pretty sure it's more by now. I've worked with the world's largest retailer, Walmart. I've worked with, you know, we've, we've partnered with all these brands, with Target, Procter & Gamble. I mean, for someone who has a bachelor's degree, you know, young black girl from Inglewood, California, um, I feel like time has been how I've gotten ahead, plain and simple. Respecting it, showing up early. Um, number six is not thinking entrepreneurially. Like, if you are entrepreneurially, that's such a hard word to say, but if you want to have your own business, and even if you don't, think about creating your own business inside of your company. You know, think about um, coming up with new ideas, thinking about, you know, advancing and building your own little company and team and awesomeness, even if it's inside of a company, make it your business. When people notice that you can do that, somebody who can run a little company inside of a company will eventually run departments and eventually run their own, run their own company. And so thinking entrepreneurially, entrepreneurially is, you know, staying abreast of the latest trends, um, being a little bit risky, taking some chances, you know, going out and going to different conferences, you know, staying on top of your game, staying on top of what's happening in your, in your little business, even if it's in a company, what are some accounting conferences? What are some accounting groups? Is there anything locally that, you know, is there any newsletter list that you can be on? Like, these are all things that you're going to have to do and know whether you work for someone else or work for yourself. So think of yourself as a little company, um, how you dress, the way you talk, your brand, you know, that's all important. And so I think that people just kind of come like, this is my job. I don't really care how I look, you know, this ain't none of this ain't mine, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, uh-uh, carry yourself like a little powerhouse and you'll eventually become one. Um, number seven, not reading. If you follow me and if you know me, you know how I feel about this whole not reading thing. You know, once you graduate college or high school or whatever it is, you know, I have no issues, you know, even if you're reading fiction, even if you're reading nonfiction, whatever it is, continue to read um, because that is the most important thing. And I read today and I'm pretty sure a lot of you know this. And I, I heard about this from a friend in Paris and I didn't believe it. But African-American, they say African-American women watch more TV than anybody. Um, African-Americans watch two more hours of TV than anyone else. And I think it's like something like 35 hours a day. African-Americans watch five hours a day of television. And I think they say African-American women watch the most TV. Um, I've taught, I've done a podcast on this about how watching television is so passive, but reading is so engaging. Like you cannot turn the TV on. You cannot open up a book and do 500 other things like you can when you watch TV. And I think that reading teaches you how to focus. Um, it, it's just, it's so critical and it's so crucial to your success and it gives you something to talk about. And I'm going to talk about that because I have something else coming up. But like if you're insecure or you feel like you can't really stomp with the big dogs or maybe you're working in one field and you have a degree in another, read up on something. And I'm telling you, there's nothing sexier or just I'm talking when I'm talking, I'm talking about professional sexiness. There's nothing 
sexier than you being able to talk about the latest book, the latest trend. Oh yeah, I just read in such and such. Or yeah, have you had a chance to check out the, you know, bestseller or, you know, there is a couple of business books that everybody typically read, typically read the alchemist. Um, you know, I think that's more of a like life book. Lots of people read that. I, I like reading a lot of, um, biographies, autobiographies. I love being able to, um, talk about people that I've admired, um, things that I've done. I love Cheryl Strayed, you know, there are just so many things that I, um, am able to discuss in various circles. And that's the thing. Maybe you're in a younger circle, maybe you're in an older circle, maybe you, you are not the most comfortable in circles that may not be African-American. Let's face it. Let's keep it real, you know, but books are typically, you know, uh, if the main books, a lot of us are reading a lot of the same books. And so it's going to give you kind of common language, uh, common things to talk about and blows your vocabulary out of the water. You may not, your bank of words may be small today, or it, you may not, um, have the most vast vocabulary, but reading teaches you how to use a lot of really awesome words. Um, I love the word egregious, you know, like there are some words that I just love using because they sound awesome and I know how to use them correctly. And it's just the signals that you send to someone when you're able to use these words. Um, number eight, going straight home after work. Um, this is a problem. Okay. If all you do is get up in the morning, come to work, go home. You are forgetting about you in the process. Your life is not intended to be lived fully 100% at work. Make time for you after work. I used to tell my assistant, you know what makes me saddest about, about you? And she's like, what? I'm like, that you don't, you just come to work and go home. You do nothing. I really don't want you to do that. Like, go meet up with people, work on your relationships, go have dinner, go have a drink, you know, um, go to the gym, go do yoga get a hobby, you know, go paint, go for a walk, but you've got to put some kind of buffer between you and the bed. Um, that's not TV. That's not home and just eating something for you. And so, you know, do that. I'm not saying you have to do it every day, but some days, um, if you're just starting, you should really be grinding and working on your relationships. You should be meeting up with as many people as you can after work, um, to knock that out, but put a buffer between you, between work and the bed. Um, number nine is similar, not taking a break or a vacation, take the week off, take three days off. You know, if you have sick days, use some of your sick days for a mental health day. You know, you don't have to tell anybody why you don't want to come to work. And it's just like some days you just need the day to decompress. I still do it. You know, it's very important to me. Um, and it's, and it's, it's important. So just do it. I allow, I typically allow my girls to work from home, like maybe once or twice a month. Because, you know, sometimes you just, it's nice. You can, you think differently when you're sitting on your couch with your coffee or in your bed with your coffee and you're on your laptop, you know, you may read more things. You're not as, as caught up in the hustle and bustle, you know, and it, it's a refresh and a reset. You can't just keep grinding out and grinding out and never taking a break. Finally, number 10, and I'm sorry if I plowed through this because I had so many points. I usually do five, but this one I wanted to do so many more. Number 10, not setting career goals. How do you even know who you want to be or what you want to do if you haven't set a goal for where you want to be next year or in the next six months, you know? And so you've got to set goals and work towards those goals. That is the most important thing that you can do. And so 
if you set the goal that I want to advance, you know, go talk to your supervisor, your manager and tell them what your goal for the year is and how can you, what responsibilities can you take on to try to achieve this goal, whether you make it or not you declared it. And sometimes that's just what you need to do. A lot of us are afraid to declare who we want to be in fear that we may not become it. And I'm telling you that whether you become it or not, whether someone says that you are now promoted to the manager, you promote it yourself. And so whether someone gives you the title, remember, we don't care about titles. What matters is that you learned and you advanced and you took it upon yourself to become the manager. And maybe all that means is you need to transfer to another company and do that, right? So that is what's most important. Um, I am always happy to do these for you. Um, as always, I'm on the AskFM, ask, ask.fm backslash MyLeakTail, my full name. Um, I tweet from time to time. I try to keep up with that. I'm also um, on Instagram. I'm always like trying to check in. Best way to really ask me a serious question is on AskFM because it's stored. It doesn't like get pushed away or pushed down like it does in Twitter or Instagram. So I can really see it. So if you have a super legit question... Um, hit me on the Ask FM. Otherwise, just tweet me or Instagram me, and I will see you all later. Once again, Happy New Year.